0: good afternoon it's Chester Franklin here and it's another Chester Franklin Friday on Fork and Socket Podcast and this is episode 28 and no, I haven't thought of a title yet but that's not what's important what's important is this episode I actually want to start off with a message of positivity before I get into my comedy. I hate the term more money, more problems. Because it's not always about the money when it comes to problems. When you make any teeny tiny step, as small as it may be, to better yourself, there's going to be haters But that shouldn't shake you or stop you. You may or may not have noticed. That uh, last week I didn't come out with the episode. And that was because. I have more problems. Because I've been making more progress. My wife and I we recently bought a home. Last. July or July 2020, you know, I started this podcast that caused more problems. And what it resulted in was adversaries trying to kind of, for lack of a better term, sue me for between $7,000 and $30,000 in lawyer fees. It got denied. They tried to take my daughter away. That got denied. They wrote statements on me. And I'm talking about not just any old adversaries. I'm saying about seven adversaries. And one of them was blood related. One of them is 50% of Chester Franklin. I'm not going to tell you if it was the sperm of Chester Franklin or the egg of of Chester Franklin. I'm not going to tell you which parent it was. But can you believe it? And so I had to, on my own, battle to be able to move into my home through the court system. I had to battle to be able to take my child with me through the court system. I had slander on my name. And through it all, I maintained my podcast. I missed last week. Okay but I maintain my podcast. I'm over halfway done of obtaining my bachelor's degree in college. They try to distract me. They try to stress me out so much I couldn't complete my goals, my dreams. And before my adversaries knew that I had these goals or dreams or before I started going to school, or starting a podcast, or started purchasing a home. I didn't have any of those problems because I was down in the bucket with the crabs. So I can't get into too many details about what's going on. Just know I always rise victorious. Glory be to God. I'm not taking self credit, but I have all my ducks in a row. For a lack of a better term, I got all my ducks in a row. And it doesn't matter how many people go against you. 200 lies don't equal a truth. And let people slander you. Let people hate on you. Let people take from you, steal from you. Well, don't just like sit there and just let them rob you and shit if you can help it. But if it happens, it's because people are hating on you for something that you're doing right. And with that said, we're going to leave that alone because... I got a story to tell. But to all my adversaries. <laughs> oh, I love you and God loves you. <laughs> I, I'm just the happiest man in the world on this Friday. But again, let's, um, let's get in this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the, the ridiculousness. It passed. It, it passed. It happened. Um, but let's talk about a time when I was less self-centered. Let's talk about a time when I was more or less a wreck, probably more, not less. I was a wreck. So this is back in 2008. I was 18 years old and, um, I got my first job as well as an adult so it's technically my third job i had a safeway job and i was a courtesy clerk and i got fired from that and then i got a job at another grocery store as a courtesy clerk and i got fired from that after i already put in my two-week notice for this third job now this third job you have to be 18 which i was And I became a security guard for a company that secured a local refinery. It was just literally within walking distance from my house. And I don't think, although I was a good, you know, a good employee in their eyes. I was on time. I never called off. I did overtime. No argument. I was actually, under their nose, a really shitty, bad, drug-addled security guard employee. So, like I said, right around the corner from where I lived, I I did security as as a security guard. I mean, obviously. As soon as I turned 18. And I had to start off, like, the lower level, you know, security guards, you have to work graveyard. Graveyard. So I believe that was 11 p.m. 11 p.m. to 7.30 in the morning. And if I'm mistaken, then just alter it by 30 minutes. I was from midnight to 8 in the morning, okay? There ain't nothing going on in a refinery at that time. So what I would do is I would just sit in a security guard booth... And do cocaine. I'm serious. I would sit in a security guard booth. And if I only had like a little bit of cocaine left. I would empty out a cigarette. And put some cocaine in there. And then stuff it back in the cigarette. And smoke it. I think they're called Grimmies. Some people call them Grimmies. I don't know. I just call it a Coke Sig. And I would just, you know, because I tried the Red Lines, those energy drinks, the Red Lines. I tried the Red Bulls. I tried the Rockstars. I don't care if you've been sleeping all day. When it's nighttime out and there's nobody around except your own thoughts you're probably going to either fall asleep or start doing, like, coke. You know? Just being honest. When you're by yourself in a booth. And so I wasn't, I guess, in that sense, the best security guard. I mean, you know, everyone gets morning wood. If you're a man, anyway. I mean, not everyone. I guess some women nowadays do, with trannies and all existing. But... You know, come come sunrise around six thirty in the morning. Uh, I would go into the porta potty, and I would smoke some of a blunt that I stuffed behind the the gaskets that go around the toilet seat to protect you. They don't really protect you from diseases, by the way, everyone. Those little pieces of paper that go around the toilet seats is just paper. It's a false sense of security. You're not being protected from anything that's on that toilet seat. But I love that they they put them there. And what I would do is after I smoked my blunt, I would like wrap it up either in foil if I had it on hand or uh, toilet paper and then I would stuff it behind the gasket. And then in the morning before day shift kind of started, I would smoke the rest of it or, you know, just so when I got home because I've been... Smoking Coke cigarettes all night. When I went home, I could go to sleep because now I'm high on weed. But I would also go in there with my morning wood before I smoked the weed. Well, before or after I smoked the weed. But I usually smoked the weed after. Just as like a after self-sex cigarette. And yeah, I would go play tug of war with myself. And I would, I used to really like the, the um porta potties that had the urinal in there for men who stand up and pee because I would beat off and nut in the urinal. And then if you're a man, you typically have to pee after you beat off or have sex just in general. Um, You have to clear out your tubes. So I would pee my sperm off the side of the walls of the urinal and, you know, no evidence. But another thing I would do, especially during the beginning of the shift, is that, uh, you know, you get bored starting at midnight. I mean, most of your friends are going to bed by one, two in the morning, even even at 18, unless they're also on coke or something. And so who do you call? It's late night. You're awake. Everyone's asleep. Or they're at a party, wrapping it up. They're probably, uh, you know, running a train on some drunk or drug-addled bitch, you know. And you're not. You are in, like for me, like sometimes, in a security truck. With bench seats. It's like a Ford... uh, Like a Ford Ranger, like a 1995 Ford Ranger, or even older. So there's no back seats. It's only two seats in the front. And you're watching like two construction workers just, I don't know what the fuck they do. Just do something late night. You're just watching multiple things or different things. So I started watching movies. But the thing is, it was so late at night, I would start to nod off. As I'm watching the movies. So I came up with a master plan. I started doing ecstasy. And don't get me wrong. I was doing ecstasy since I was, you know, 15, 16, 15 for sure. 15 for sure. So at 18, I'm popping, I'm popping ecstasy. And I'm watching grandma's boy. And fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And I'm just having a blast. And then when that wears off, I have another one of those cocaine cigarettes. And then when my shift's almost over, I jack off and smoke a little bit of weed. And maybe a sip of, you know, some Promethazine syrup, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm about? But I always made sure that refinery was safe. One thing we used to have to watch out for as security guards... Is people would kind of drive by and sometimes they'd stop off on the side of the road in front of the refinery, and uh, they would start taking pictures. Oh, hell no! I'd I'd jump out of that that truck or that booth, all like irritated because like I'm mixing uppers with downers, you know, and like maybe they interrupted my you know interrupted my climax. Are you press? Let me see your press card. Get out of here. I'm I'm calling the cops. And they'd just be looking at me like I'm fucking Russell Crowe or you know, or like Kanye when he when he took that microphone out of um what's her name's hand? The the white singer girl, the the bat. She sings Bad Blood. I don't know her name, but you know who I'm talking about. Like, they were looking at me crazy. But guess what? They stopped taking pictures. Because so I started whipping my dick out. Like, oh, this, this is what you want? Take a picture of this. Because, like, when you're a security guard, you get a badge, and it has, like, a, um, a badge number on it but they don't keep record of that shit. They just give it to you and it's like in a piece of plastic and you unwrap it and and put it on to kind of look more like a cop, more authoritative, but it really doesn't mean anything. Then I started finding other security guards that work graveyard that all they would do all night is smoke weed or do coke or You know, masturbating the porta potties Then I felt at home. It took me about two months. But then I started to really feel at home. I'm like, oh, okay, we're all the same. (laughs) Okay. You got any on you? Like, any what? I have some Vicodins here. I have some Percocet. Got a little bit of weed. I'm like, no, no, that's garbage. That's like some brown shit, you know. Back in 2008... If you didn't smoke purple, you weren't smoking right. So you didn't you didn't touch it. No, no. You go smoke that hay over there. Get your dope fiend ass away from me. And then you go you turn around and <laughs> snort a lineup There was half horse tranquilizer, tranquilizer, baby laxative, and you had to go take a shit because it's garbage clogging up your nose. But lucky for me, see, I had all my coworkers like on one they loved me because the refinery i'm talking about is also right across the street from project housing and that's where you know i didn't live but i'd be i would it's where i existed that was my environment that's where i related that's the people that i loved and um And, you know, I have a lot of memories and, you know, they would like. um, How do I say this without offense? Just because you're in Project housing doesn't make you a bad person or a criminal or nothing like that. Nothing, 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 nothing. But I hung out with, you know, shady characters and I was a shady character myself. And this is before I sold coke. But I knew some people that did sell Coke or my friends knew somebody who sold Coke. And so sometimes I'd be watching the parking lot or I'd be in my guard booth and I'd be like, yeah, I don't care that it's midnight. Pretend you're delivering a pizza and they'd come bring me like a gram of Coke. And me and all my coworkers would just have an all night party sniffing hella Coke. And that was the type of security guard you were getting. When you fucked with me when I was 18 years old. But oh boy, did I write my reports in detail. I said, the moon's to the northwest. No cars in the parking lot. All is well. And I'd keep up with my radio checks. You'd only have to do a radio check like every hour to let the supervisor know you're awake. I'd do mine every 15 minutes. North gate to main gate. All's good. Do you hear me? And they go, 10-4, ten 10-2. Ten and I do it, so I do it four times an hour and send once an hour. Just to, you know. I was a little bit of an overachiever. And just kind of a little bit amped up on ecstasy or coke. Now. There were times that I didn't do the best job that I could have did. Because there was this one parking lot where a lot of employees during the nighttime would park their cars. And their cars would get broken into. And it was right along the gate of the projects. So. People would break into cars, steal out their stereos, and then jump back over the fence and be in the projects. And I never once called the cops, even when I seen it happening, because I ain't no snitch. And so. Even though I was the best security guard, um, I had my loyalties. And look, I'm not protecting your shit. I'm just here to get an easy paycheck, get high, and party with my coworkers. And I never once called the cops. And I did security off and on, I would say, for about seven years I had other jobs in between, but I'd go back and forth to security from time to time. But yeah, the one thing that I I wouldn't do as top flight as I I was. I wouldn't. uh, Yeah, I wasn't calling the cops. I have other security stories that I really want to tell, but I don't want everything blending in and I don't want to rush. So I think I'm going to leave it here. But this was at the very beginning of my. Journey as a security guard. I plan to make this a few part series. I will split it up. I'm not going to hit you with like three security episodes in a row or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, that's that was my first job as a security guard, and that's how I got down at that time. And what I really loved about that time was that you know at 18 I had just graduated from high school. And I was the first of all of my friends to be able to get out of my parents' house because, even though that job only paid eleven seventy an hour. In two thousand and eight, uh, I also sold promethazine with codeine on the side. Back then, was for I think sixteen o- yeah sixteen ounces I could get for only one hundred and fifty dollars. Now, that eight ounces worth I think a couple thousand. So, I, I mean, if I would have held on to that, I would have had serious money. Um, I used to sell weed also. I got up to, you know, almost two ounces a day just kind of just selling it off. And I found a place that would rent to me for only $500 a month. So, on top of my job, and oh, and also I'd smoke two ounces of weed a week on top of everything else I was doing. So, it was it was good times. Um, But that was just the beginning of my actual adult working career. And it was my beginning as a security guard. And I have more stories to tell. And they aren't in the same setting or the same time period. But I'm going to break this up over time. But thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed some of my stories of when I was less stable. But now I'm very secure and stable. Regardless of the stories that I do tell. Don't get it confused that I'm still that person because other people really tried to slander my name like I am still that person or hope that I still was that person. But Chester Franklin has it together, you (sighs) folks. (laughs) All right, I love you. Thanks for uh, dealing with me for another week. And until next week, I love you. Bye-bye.